Welcome to the Freedom House Church Weekend Message. Today, you'll be hearing an exciting message from a communicator on our teaching team. Whether you're just waking up, on your way to work, or going for a relaxing evening walk, we know this message will equip you to experience Christ's freedom today and every day. So enjoy. What's up, guys? Good to see everybody. Good to see. Turn to three people. Just tell them. Just give them a little grunt or something. Just grunt at them. Uh, 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 yeah. Spit on them, maybe. Who cares? If I haven't met any of, I think I've met just about everybody. Um, real quick, let's uh, let's give a shout. Who's at Central? Central, raise your hand. Shout. South End. Where's South End? Oh, where's my Lake Norman people at? Come on. South and y'all rock. I'm telling you what. Domination right there. I mean, if this was a uh, dodgeball, y'all just won right there. Um, good to see you. Good. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you, Kelvin, man. What, what I've watched you ever since we started this campus, you know, really just come out of your shell, lead your family. Um, give it up for Kelvin, man. Just so proud of you, buddy. So proud of you. I remember when they first came through the doors here. I remember, I think I was here the first time you guys walked in and just, and you know, when, when you see people just, you know that there's brokenness, but you, you can see one of the gifts that God gives leaders, men leaders, is the ability to see the potential in people. And it's just so, I'm just so proud of you, man. I see the potential, God. What a great communicator. What a leader you've stepped into. What a, what a father you've stepped into. And so, man, way to go, buddy. Way to go. Way to go. A lot of potential in this room today. And I want to speak to that potential. I want to speak to what I believe God is calling us as men here at Freedom House Church to. Men in our city. Men in our region. Men in our nations. I want to talk just for a few minutes about what is called in the Bible the watchman's anointing. The anointing of a watchman. I want you to write some stuff down, take some notes. This will be, we're going to record this, but um, I'd encourage you to write some things down. You know, the Bible talks a lot about different anointings. Everybody say anointing. Now, if you don't know what an anointing is, um, it, it's, it, it's from the Hebrew word mashach, mashach. And it, it basically means the rubbing off of something. So when, when you're anointed, you are basically, basically the person that is anointing you is rubbing off something that's on them onto you. And so its representation comes from oil. You can see it through the Old Testament where they would pour oil on somebody. They would call that an anointing. They would, in, in certain offerings, they would anoint people who came to give an offering. You can see in, in the book of Psalms where it says that they poured oil over Aaron. It ran down his beard. It ran down his whole body. Um, you, you can see in the New Testament, um, anytime that there's prayer done for someone, there's laying hands on somebody, there's, there's a, a release into someone, there's an anointing that is released. All of us carry an anointing. 
You're, you're called to carry an anointing, not just because you're a pastor, evangelist, teacher, apostle. No, the Bible says when you accept Jesus Christ, you step into his anointing. And the level of anointing is dependent upon, just like Pastor Matt was talking about, the level of surrender. The more that you surrender to the rubbing off of God on you, the more that you'll be like God. You'll be like Jesus. You will walk out that calling that God has put on you. And as men, I believe strong men need to be watchmen. Look at your neighbor. Say strong men need to be watchmen. Now, when they would anoint in the Old Testament, one of the things that they would do is they would anoint their right ear, their right thumb, and their right big toe. Very interesting. I think that's a kind of a cool picture of what a watchman does. Think, think about the significance or the, the metaphorical kind of analysis of that. They would anoint their right ear. What do you think that means? You got to listen. You got to hear a little bit better. Your right thumb, you got to watch out where you go, what you do, what you do with your right hand. And then your foot, your right big toe represents where you go. So you got to watch what you hear. You got to watch what you do and you got to watch where you go. Or maybe you need to watch what you're hearing in your family. Or maybe what is going on in your family or where your family is going. Maybe you need to hear what's going on in our nation or do something to make a change in your nation or where our nation is going. You know, we determine that. The government does not determine where our nation goes. The church does. You're a part of the church. You're, you're the church of Jesus Christ. You are, we are a part of the most powerful movement that ever has existed on this planet. 2,000 years persecuted, hammered, changed, but we're still alive. We're still moving. Jesus is still sitting on the throne. So there's a concept as a man that we're called to be on guard we are to be on a post, in a position. I've heard this, I just keep hearing this over and over, where God's just speaking to us as men, speaking to me as a man. Take your post. Don't leave your post. Get up. It's time for, for you to go. It's time for you to take your place, your position. I love 1 Corinthians 16. This is kind of the strong man's verse. This is our, our verse. Keep your eyes open for spiritual danger. This is what the Bible says to us. Keep your eyes open for spiritual danger. Stand true to the Lord. Act like men. I'm glad there's no dresses here today. Just, I mean, if you came and you wore one, that, that's cool, but we would hope that you would change eventually. It says, act like men. Be strong. I like that. Be strong. I think we all have kind of an idea of what that means, don't we? Be strong. Be strong. I think being strong is not leaving your post. I left my post for a little bit when I was going through my panic attacks. I kind of stepped away from my call. away. I was doing all the motions, but I'd kind of left my post. My wife had to step into her place, and that's okay for a season, but you have a post. You have a calling. Married or not, you have a post that you're supposed to sit in. I saw a video Friday sent from my pastor, Pastor Dennis, and uh, because I think a lot of people are 
are right now, if I can just speak to what's going on right now, and this is what this message is about right now, is we're in the darkness of denial. And you can deny all you want, but there's stuff going on that we need to wake up to. You need to wake up to. It's affecting you. It's affecting, and it will affect you. It'll affect your legacy. It affects your kids right now. It's affecting your job. And this was actually recorded, this video, I'll put it on my Instagram, but it was recorded in 1984 by a KGB agent from Russia. And he was talking about the, um, basically the subversion of an ulterior motive in any nation that can change it. In other words, this is a tried and true way to affect a nation, to change a nation. If you want to change a nation, if you look back and you study history, nations were changed as a result of, the, of a subversion of culture, either from a government standpoint, um, a, a humanity standpoint. And he talked about the four things that happen in a nation to subvert it, to change it. The first one is what, what's called demoralization. It says he, he talked about how, and this is, this is something that happens, and you can see it, happens in every nation. If you see a shift in a nation, it starts with demoralization. It usually takes anywhere from 12 to 18 years because that's how long it takes to infiltrate a generation. So if you can change education, if you can change the education system, you can change a nation. Now, we've already, this has already happened in our nation, by the way. There's already been a demoralization. When did it happen? When we took prayer out of schools. The moment that we removed the spiritual covering over our education system is the moment that the enemy stuck, kind of stuck his foot in the door and began to walk through to do what? To remove things like absolute truth. It's not just a change in history. It's a change in his story, which is the, 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 the personification of Jesus Christ in our young people. Are you following what I'm talking about? So the demoralization of our, our nation has already happened. The second stage is what he calls the destabilization. This takes about two to five years. This involves economic relations, foreign relations, defense, and this happens with justice organizations. It happens a lot of times with justice. So people are destabilized by civil unrest. Now, you saw this last year because there was a lot of civil unrest. Would you agree there was a lot of civil unrest? Now, that is, that is an action of the enemy in order to, to kind of get you off kilter so that you'll lean in a certain direction. So the enemy would love for us to lean towards an answer that's not God. Like government's going to answer all the questions for you. Now, this is not a political lesson today. I just want you to see. And to say, see, being a watchman means that we got to open our eyes and go, you know, let me just be frank. What the hell's going on right now? Like, what's going on in our world right now? Well, I need to wake up. I can't just put my head in the sand and go, well, you know, it's just us four, no more. I just need to take care of my family. No, no. If you're a true leader, you have a responsibility to take your post at the corner of our city, at the corner of our nation. As the church leaders, and I believe that's who's here today, you're here to lead which means you got to take your post. 
and recognize, man, we've got an enemy that I need to be on guard for. I can't just go, well, you know, it's just about my job. It's just about my success. It's just about my 401k. As long as everything's going okay with me. No, no, no. That's not a leader. That's a follower. The third subversion is what's called, is, is what's called crisis. This just takes weeks. We saw a crisis in our nation take the whole nation down in just weeks. I'm not, I'm not saying that the crisis wasn't real, but how you respond to the crisis is will determine the effect of it. So we've seen a year long of a crisis that has affected people not just physically, but spiritually in a very significant way. Would you agree? 35% of people who used to attend church, they're not, they're not gonna go to church anymore because they're afraid. I'm glad you're not afraid. I'm glad you're not afraid. And then the last one, I gotta pick up my pace. The last one is normalization. This is the promises that never come to play. So there's a lot of promises made to make you feel normal. So they create a, a picture, this, the enemy creates a picture that you go, oh, I'm gonna accept this as normal when it's not normal anymore. Does that make sense? So when I saw this video, I was like, holy cow, what's going on? We have to step into this watchman anointing. Our families, our church, our friends, our city, our nation, we've gotta step into this. I, I, I wanna speak, you know, th there are things that are taught and then some things that are just caught. And today, I want you to catch this for yourself. I, I want you to chew on this for a little while. I want you to chew on the reality that God is calling you higher. So, what does this mean, the watchman anointing? Well, there's a law in the Bible called the law of first mention. I talk about this a lot on the weekends. And the first mention of something, you can learn um, whether it's a person, place, or thing, or action, you can see what it means. And the first mention of this, by the way, is Genesis chapter two. God puts Adam in the garden, and he says to Adam in Genesis chapter two, verse 15, he says, then the Lord God took the man. He took the man. Notice, notice what God does. He takes a man. He takes a man, put him in the Garden of Eden, and he said, I want you to do two things, to tend and to keep it. Everybody say keep it. Keep it. One more time, say keep it. keep it. The word keep means to guard. So, so he says two things to the man. Your job as a man in your garden, no gardener, no garden. If you want a garden, you, garden, you gotta have a gardener. If you've ever tried to grow a garden and then not garden it, weeds, animals, all kinds of stuff. It ain't gonna last very long. You're not gonna get any fruit from that garden if you don't go garden it. So God says, look, I need you, I need a gardener. He said, well, well isn't that God's job? No, 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 this is what we're talking about, what the watchman anointing is. Sure, God's sovereign, but he's not in control of everything. You have a choice to make. We have choices to make. He's given us the power to make choices, given us responsibility over this garden. You define what your garden is. Your garden is your family. Your garden is your, is your city. Your garden is your church. Tend it and guard it. Guard it. The word guard means to watch over, preserve, protect. Why? Okay, well, we see Adam doesn't do it. 
Genesis chapter three. God gives us an insight into what we're supposed to watch. He says now, verse one, it says now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Now this is very interesting because we know the serpent is Satan. It's not a trick question. I'm not trying to trick you. The serpent is Satan. So this is our first introduction to Satan, right? The first time we've ever seen Satan represented. And how does God describe Satan? Cunning, crafty. The word cunning actually in the Hebrew means to be bare, slick, smooth. Doesn't say he's powerful. Doesn't say, now the serpent is the most powerful animal. No, it says the serpent, Satan, is the most cunning animal, the most crafty animal. So Adam, you allowed smoothness, cunningness, craftiness to get into your garden. And he said to the woman, this is the serpent says to the woman, has God indeed said you should not eat of every tree of the garden? By the way, that's the question that the enemy always poses to humanity. Satan always questions the word of God. If he can get you to question the word of God, your trust in the word of God, he's done his job. And how does he do it? Being smooth, crafty, cunning. He, he, he let him in. His job was to protect the garden, to protect his wife. And we know what happened. You know, Eve sins and, and uh, takes the fruit, eats of it, gives it to Adam, which I think is very interesting. Adam had to be really close when all this was happening. So he had to be right there near Eve when all this, he was watching this go down, but yet he didn't go, hey, whoa, 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 you know, get out of here. What are you doing? You're not going to tempt my wife. No, he's just kind of watching because as moody as she takes a bite, he passes, she passes it over to Adam. He goes, hmm, this looks good too, and eats it on down. And, and then, and then they're, you know, they, think, they, they see that they're naked, which means they're uncovered now. Why did they get uncovered? Because they stopped watching. They, 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 they stopped observing. See, there's four things that a watchman consistently does. Four things that a watchman consistently does. Number one, he pays attention and listens. He pays attention. When I was a kid, um, we used to play, we didn't have, you know, we didn't have but like six channels back then of television, no internet. I'm old, man. I'm, I'll be 52. So this was back when, you're, when your mom made you go outside to play. No cell phone. Did you know that I heard this? I think Pastor Diana told me this, that the average safe distance of a kid from their parents is like 75 feet. I'd go 75 miles away from my kid, and I'd be gone. My mom would go, okay, you need to leave today at 8, and I really don't want to see you till the sun goes down. That's what my mom would tell me. And so we used to play in everything. we play in a creek, but we used to play on railroad tracks. I don't recommend it, but we did. <laughs> I remember lots of times where we would, you know, the train was coming by real slow. We'd jump on the train. I mean, that's just stupid. It was awesome when you're like 12, 11 years old. But, man, when I was, I would jump on the train. And then the train would start going a little fast. And you'd get really nervous because jumping on the train, way easier than jumping off the train. <laughs> 
Because it's not like your leg falls underneath there and then they go, stop, you know. No, it's, you, there's no stopping, you're dead. So we would take pennies and put it on the track and then they would run over the pennies. But in order for us to know when the train was coming, here's what we would do. I learned that you could put your ear to the track and you could hear, you could literally hear the train before you could see the train. See, a watchman can hears before he sees. A watchman is listening to God all the time. He's got, a, he's got his ear to the track. Second thing that a watchman always does consistently is they are, they, 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 they are beware, they, they are beware they be aware, and they do not be unaware. They beware, beware, they be aware, and they do not be unaware. In other words, they're at attention. They're, they're, they are sensitive. They're not sleeping. When I was a kid, I don't know if you ever did this, when uh, I'd be asleep in my bedroom and there would be a noise, I would take the covers and cover myself up, thinking that by pulling the covers over my head that I was safe, right? Anybody ever do that? Anybody do that last night? <laughs> Matt did. I know his wife's gone, my, like my wife's gone. We're bachelors, we get a little scared at night without him around. What, what did I think that, like a sheet was going to protect me from the boogeyman. I mean, what in the world is going on? And, and that, sometimes that's how we think. We can just pull. If we don't see it, it's just going to go away. The third thing that a watchman consistently does is they are on alert. They stay awake. They remain sober. In other words, you keep your head on a swivel. I had lunch one time with a Navy SEAL, and uh, we sat down. He, we interviewed him here a few years back, and he trains Navy SEALs now. And um, we sat. We went to a restaurant, and he would he would sit. He wouldn't sit anywhere in a restaurant. He always sat with his face facing the door, his back to a wall. He would never allow himself to be in a position to where somebody could take advantage of him. And so we were talking about all kinds of stuff, and, and I said, um, um, he goes, do you travel a lot? And I said, yeah. And he goes, he goes, you ever take a weapon on the plane? I said, no. He goes, you want me to show you how you can do that? And I'm like, really? <laughs> I don't recommend this either, but he told me what to do, you know. He says, I always keep change in my pocket, and I always wear socks. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, because you can take change, put it in a sock. You got a great weapon right there. I'm like, come on, man. He pulled out a credit card. It wasn't a credit card. It was a knife. He goes, I never wear flip-flops on a plane. He goes, I, want to, I wear shoes because if the plane wrecks, you know, you're basically flying on all this gas. You're definitely going to have a fire, and the last thing you want is your flip-flops sticking to your feet. I'm like, man, I never thought about this. <laughs> Here's the last one. Watchmen are always, they observe. They're looking for signs. 
Be an observer. Behold, see, watch. Let me give you a few verses and then I'll finish this up. Ephesians chapter six, verse 18, it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end. What end? The end of prayer. Sometimes you gotta pray through. Men, we should be the ones who lead prayer all the time. We should be the first ones on our knees. We should be constantly in prayer. Prayer and watch, the watchman anointing and prayer go together. First Peter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Why? You have an adversary, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. Here's the picture that God wants us to, to look at, okay? This is, what a, this is what the devil does. He's always prowling. He's walking around. He's walking around you and your family. He's walking around. What is he doing? Why is he walking around you? He's looking for a weakness. He's looking for an opening. That's right. He's looking for a way in. I have a little dog. His name is Snickers. I don't particularly like the dog, to be honest with you. I mean, I put up with him because, you know, the kids like him. My wife loves him. She thinks I'm jealous. I'm like, no, I'm not jealous of the dog. I'm not jealous of the dog. He just annoys the get out of me. He's way too smart, and he knows he can get away with stuff. All, and they let him get away with everything. I don't let him get away with stuff. You know, dogs are dogs. They're animals, you know. They can stay outside a lot longer than you think they can. <laughs> right? Yeah, what's that? That all weekend when my wife's gone, that's right. They can last a lot longer than people can without food and water. And I'm just, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> so here's what my dog does. Almost every time he goes outside, he's patrolling the fence. You know what he's looking for? Way out. Now he, what he doesn't know is if he gets out, he dies. Not because I'm gonna kill him, because he's not smart enough to get back. That's exactly what the enemy does. The enemy is prowling your fence. He's prowling your fence. He's looking for a way in to your life, to your family. Be on guard. Watch 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. It says, lest Satan should take advantage of, of us, we, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Okay, now let me just... I'm gonna throw a couple thoughts at you and then we're done, okay? Protection, and this just comes from these three verses. And if you, I wanna give you those verse references real quick. Ephesians 6, 18, 1 Peter 5, 8, 2 Corinthians 2, 11. These are all watchman anointing verses. These are all watchman verses. Be watchful when you pray. Be watchful, sober-minded. Um, do, do not be ignorant. Ignorance is knowing what to do and not doing it. That's what ignorance is. Ignorance is seeing and not doing anything about it. So here's just a few thoughts that I, I got from those verses. Protection from attacks of the enemy are not automatic. They're not automatic. God is sovereign, but he doesn't control everything. He's put in, 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 in 
in, in place on the earth certain laws, spiritual laws. We are to enact those laws. When it comes to the enemy, what he did on the cross defeated him ultimately, but which means that we have to take authority over him. Which means you have a responsibility. And this is what I want to, I want to charge you today as men to take your post as watchmen. Step into that anointing in your life, in your family, for this city, for our church. You know the devil comes to church every weekend? He does. He shows up. I meet him at the door. Or her, or whatever, you know. They're all, they're there often. He is there. Here's another one that I got from this. We all we have to always stay alert to pick up, pick up on God's warnings. Stay alert. If he says to not be ignorant, listen to this, it means that God will alert you. If he says that there's a way to live without ignorance, to understand the tactics of the devil, to understand the enemy, if God says that you can understand that, then guess what? He's the one that'll help you understand. So we have to be in a position to stay alert. This comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and forward, I'm going to just, I, I can't tell you how important. You know, when we started this church, somebody told me a few things. A, a pastor who had been pastoring for 35, 40 years. He said, he said, Troy, there's a few things that you have to have in your church. Okay, you have to have really good worship. You have to have really good kids ministry. You have to have really good preaching. He said, and you have to have a really good deliverance ministry. And I'll be honest with you, for the first like 14 years, I ignored that. I thought, man, deliverance is going to happen in worship. I'm a pretty good communicator. I can do that in the ministry time. You know, we, we can do this with kids. And then we, we stumbled. I say we literally stumbled into this forward mindset. I don't know how long ago was it, Olin, five, six years ago that we maybe seven years ago, that we started the process of building this, this curriculum, it's changed our church. You want to get introduced to the Holy Spirit, go to forward. Because the Holy Spirit is how, it's not how, it's not how much, here, let me say it this way. It's not how much you get delivered, it's how long you stay delivered. The point isn't to have a miracle. The, the, the point is to live a miraculous life. The point isn't to be healed. The point is to live in divine health. Do you follow what I'm talking about? So we have, to, we have to always stay alert to pick up on God's warnings. We must be alert. Here's another one. We must be alert, remain watchful, or we won't pick up on God's attempt to warn us of Satan's plans. Jesus got mad at his disciples for this all the time. He said, right after they saw this amazing miracle, five loaves, two fish, feed 5,000 plus people. He says, Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, why do you reason because you have no bread? Why, why, are, you, why are you talking about this, guys? Have you, have you, do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still ardent? Hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? Jesus is going, guys, what, what is wrong with you? Jesus rebuked the religious leaders over and over for this. They had started the scriptures their entire lives, and they missed the Messiah standing right in front of them. We can't miss the alert. Be on alert, watchful, 
The enemy, here's the last one, is the enemy will always take a bigger portion than you expect. Always. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We can't keep our heads in the sand. I read this story, and I'll finish with this story. He says, this guy talked about how we're not to be like a, a desert nomad who awakened hungrily one night and decided he'd have a midnight snack. So he lit a candle, he grabbed a date, and he took a bite. Holding the date to the candle, he saw a worm. So he threw the date out of the tent. Biting into the second date, he found another worm and threw it away. Deciding that he might not get anything to eat if this continued, he blew the candle out. We can't blow the candle out, guys. Just because we're hungry. Does that make sense? If you didn't get that, it's okay. I know it's early. <laughs> we'll have a few leaders outside to explain the last story to you. <laughs> I, think, I think the church has blown the candle out. It's time for us to take our rightful place. Stand up on your feet. I want you to do something for me. I want you just to do this. And then I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to go home. Just, just if you can, touch, touch your right ear. Just close your eyes first. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Touch your right ear, because we're just going to anoint our right ear. Come on, just, just hold your right thumb up. Just reach down if you can. Just touch your right toe, big toe. Now just lift your hands up to heaven. Father, I thank you for the anointing of a watchman to rest upon every man in this place, God. I thank you for your anointing on them, your presence on them. Father, I thank you that today we're taking our post as men in this church, in Freedom House Church. We're taking our post as men in this city, God. God, there are other great churches in this city, God, and we thank you that men are rising up. We wanna, be, we wanna set the standard, God. We know, we know, God, when the when the tide rises in the marina, all the boats go up. And so, Father, we're praying for all the boats to rise, God. All the churches, all the, the, the influencers to rise in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, but we walk out of this place today anointed as your watchmen, God. We, we step into that. Come on, just receive it right now. Just, just maybe even tell God, God, I am your watchman. I am your watchman. I am your watchman for my family. I am your watchman for my wife or future wife. I am your watchman for my church, my church, my city, God. Take claim to the ground that the enemy's stolen. Father, we take authority right now. We speak that our nation, the, the walls, the holes that, that the enemy has found around our nation, God, we stand and take our post in Jesus' name. Watchmen anointing. Father, I pray for every man in this place, every man that's listening to my voice, God, that you would fill them with the anointing of God, the mashach of God, the, the rubbing off of Jesus on them. God, our ears we will hear. With our, with our hands, God, we'll do what you've called us to do. And Father, with our feet, we'll walk in to this next, this next step, this next place, this next thing you have for us. 
in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you received that, say amen, hallelujah. God bless you guys. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this message, we encourage you to spread the word. Share with your friends and family on social media and make sure you subscribe to hear a new message every week. Really love the message? Well, we want to hear from you. Make sure to leave us a review below. Want more Freedom House content? Follow us on Instagram at Freedom House and subscribe to Freedom House Church on YouTube. We hope you are equipped to experience all that God has for you this week, and we'll see you for our next Freedom House Church weekend message. Thank you.